Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. I'm noticing that I'm not getting out live on one of the Facebook pages. I need to investigate why. Um, yeah, let's see how that goes. I don't know why I'm getting some is interesting issues, but I'll work it out. This is why I'm trying to get this all done before the first of the year. I was honored to be uh, interviewed on the radio yesterday for the Calvary Chapel radio station in Albuquerque, quite a, a pretty large radio station. And they wanted, to, I was able to talk about Manna for Breakfast and inviting people to come join us in the new year. We'll see how that goes. But good church, good people up there. So anybody up there joining in this morning, actually the program doesn't go out until uh, Thursday, so I don't imagine any, nobody's heard it yet, so I don't think we'd have anybody new. Anyway, thank you guys for being with us as we just get a few days left. So we're on the home stretch. We're almost there. And we are, as you can see, in Nehemiah 7 and 8 today. And we'll be doing Revelation chapter 19 as well. So looking over this day in trivia, not a whole lot. It was this one. We did this last year. It got me at first, but I finally figured it out before I think we got to the answer. In a one-story pink house, there was everything pink. There was a pink chair, there was a pink table, a pink telephone, a pink shower, and a, even a pink fish, and even a pink cat. So what were the colors of the stairs? The answer? There were no stairs. It was a one-story house. It's one of those ones you got to listen to all the details. Well, the Afghanistan war with the Soviet Union began on this day in 1979. That was, you know what, this is, let me think about this. This is one month exactly before I got saved. Almost exactly before I got saved, I believe. Let me think. No, 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 no. I got saved in 79. That would go to 80. So I would have been, I was saved just, just uh, yeah, just just about eight, eight, 11 months prior to this. Interesting. As the Afghanistan war started, first female ordained rabbi in 1935. Not sure how Orthodox felt about that in Israel. And she died in Auschwitz in the concentration camp, arrested by the Nazis in 1942. I think that's why she was in the concentration camps and she was ministering there. Well, anyway, this one was sad. I do remember this. December 27, 1985, Palestinian terrorists killed 20 civilians at an airport ticket counter in Rome and Vienna. I'll have to ask Esty about that, if anybody talks about that or if, it, if it's still in the recent memory of people over in Italy. Very, very interesting. And here's one that's interesting if you really know your history. World Bank, December 27, 1945, the World Bank is established at a meeting in Washington, D.C., that could be the actual founding, or I should say, establishment of this globalist world organization uh, around the World Bank, because 
that was an independent branch and the people who controls the money controls everything. So anyway, we'll leave that as it is. And we're just going to jump over into the word today because I've still got to organize some more dad jokes and find the new ones. I've not found them yet, but we'll keep looking around. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning, and we thank you for bringing us into your presence and allowing us to come, God, and spend this time with you. So thank you, God, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Okay, well, let's see if we can get into the Word. We are in Nehemiah 7. Now, when the wall was rebuilt... And I had set up the doors, and the gatekeepers, and the singers, and the Levites were appointed. Then I put Hanani, my brother, and Hananiah, the commander of the fortress in charge of Jerusalem. And he was a faithful man, and feared God more than many. Then I said to them, Do not let the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun is hot. And while they were standing guard, let them shut and bolt the doors. Also appoint guards from the inhabitants of Jerusalem, each at his post and each in front of his own house. Now the city was large and spacious, but the people in it were few and the houses were not built. Then my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, and the peoples to be enrolled in genealogies. And I found the book of the genealogy of those who came up first, in which I found the following record. And these are the people of the provinces who came up from the captivity of the exiles, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away, who returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to his city. Okay, so I'll read these names, but rather than trying to pronounce them exactly, uh, just go with my mispronunciation so we can just move on, because there's a bunch of names here. I'll see how I can do. Who came was Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and Nehemiah, Azariah, Ramiah, Nahamani, and Mordecai, and Bishan, and Mishpareth, and Bigvi, Neam, Bana, the number of men of the people of Israel, the sons of Perash, 2,172, the sons of Shephatiah, 372, the sons of Ara, 652, the sons of Pehath, Moab, and of the sons of Jeshua, and Joab, 2,818, the sons of Elam, 1,254, the sons of Zatu, 845, the sons of Zakai, 760, the sons of Benui, 648, the sons of Bebai, 628, the sons of Azgad, 2320, the son of uh, Adonikam, 667, the son of Bigvai, 2067, the sons of Adin, 655, the sons of Atur, and of Hezekiah, 98, the sons of Hashum, 328, the sons of Bezai, 324, the sons of Haref, 112, the son of Gibeon, 95, the men of Bethlehem and Notapha, 188, the men of Anathoth, 128, the men of, of Beth, Asmaveth, 42, the men of Kiriath, Jerim, and Chifuria, of Beriath, 743, the men of Ramah, and Gibba, 622, the son of Michmash, 122, the men of Bethel, and Ai, 123, the men of of the other Nebo, 52, the sons of the other Elam, 
1,254. The sons of Harim, 320. The men's of Jericho, 345. The sons of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 721. The sons of Shana, 3,930. The priests, the sons of Jedediah, this house of Jeshua. 973, the sons of Emir, 1,052, the sons of Pashur, 1,247, the sons of Harim, 1,017, the Levites and the sons of Jeshua and Kadmiel, and the sons of Hadava, 74, the singers, the sons of Asaph, 148, the gatekeepers, the sons of Shalom, the sons of Ater, the sons of Talmon, the sons of Akub, the sons of Hatita, the sons of Shobai, 138, the temple servants, the sons of Zila, the sons of Hesufa, the sons of Taboath, the sons of Kirash, the sons of Sisa, the sons of Padon, the sons of Libana, the sons of Hagabah, the sons of Shalmai, the sons of Hanan, the sons of Gedel, the sons of Gar, the sons of Rialiah, the sons of Razin, the sons of Nikoda, the sons of Gazam, the sons of Uza, the sons of Pesea, the sons of Basai, the sons of Minwim, the sons of Nafushasim, the sons of Bakuk, the sons of Hakufa, the sons of Haru, the sons of Bezleth, the sons of Mahida, the sons of Harsha, the sons of Bakush, the sons of Sisera, the sons of Tema, the sons of Nizia, the sons of Hatafa. The sons of Solomon's servants, the sons of Sotai, the sons of Sophereth, the sons of Perida, the sons of Ja'ala, the sons of Darka, and the sons of Gidel, the sons of Shephatai, the sons of Hatil, the sons of Prokreth, Hazibbaim, <laughs> the sons of Haman. All the temple servants and the sons of Solomon's servants were 392. These were they who came up from Tel Melah. Tel Harsha, and Charub, and Ardon, and Immer, but they could not show their fathers' houses for their descendants, hmm. whether they were of Israel. The sons of Delaiah, the sons of Tobiah, the sons of Nakoda, 642, the priests, the sons of Hobiah, the sons of Hakoz, the sons of Barzeliai, who took a wife of the daughters of Berzeliai, the Gileadite, and was named after them. These searched among their ancestral registration, but it could not be located. Therefore, they were considered unclean and excluded from the priesthood. The governor said to them that they should not eat from the most holy things until a priest arose with Urim and Thummim. The total assembly together was 42,360, 67 besides the male and their female servants, of whom there were 7,337, and they had 245 male and female singers. Their horses were 736, their mules 245, their camels 435, their donkeys 6,720. Some from among the heads of the father's households gave to the work, the governor gave to the treasury 1,000 gold drachmas, 50 basins, 530 priest garments. Some of the heads of the father's households gave into the treasury the work of 20,000 gold drachmas and 2,200 silver minas. That which the rest of the people gave was 20,000 gold drachmas. 
2,000 silver mina, 67 priest garments. Now the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, and some of the people, the temple servants, and all Israel lived in their cities. And when the seventh month came, the sons of Israel were in their cities. Wow. Nehemiah 8 now. And all the people gathered as one man at the square, which was in front of the water gate. And they asked Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. He read it before the square, which was in the front of the water gate from early morning till midday. And in the presence of men and women, those who could understand, and all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood at the wooden podium which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Matatitha, Shema, Ananiah, Uzariah, Hilkiah, and Maasiah on his right hand, and Pediah, and Mishael, and Milkiah, Heshum, Heshbadana, E. Zechariah, and Mashulam on his left hand. Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above the people when he opened it, and all the people stood up, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands, when they bowed low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Then Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, and Jamin, and Akub, Shabbatai, and Hodiah, Meshaiah, Ketelai, Azariah, Jezebad, Hanan, Pelaliah, the Levites, explained the law to the people while people remained in their place. They read from the book from the law of God, translating to give it the sense so that they understood the reading. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all of the people, saying, Be still. For the day is holy, do not be grieved. And all the people went away to eat, drink, and send portions to celebrate the great festival, because they understood the words which, they, which had been made known to them. Verse 13, Then on the second day, the heads of the fathers' households of all the people, and the priests and the Levites were gathered to Ezra the scribe, that they might gain insight to the words of the law. And they found written in the law how the Lord had commanded through Moses, that the sons of Israel should live in booths during the feast of the seventh month. So they proclaimed and circulated a proclamation in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the hills and bring olive branches and wild olive branches, myrtle branches and palm branches and branches from other leafy trees to make booths as it is written. So the people went out and brought them and made booths for themselves, each on his roof and in their court and in the courts of the house of God and in the square at the water gate, and in the square at the gate of Ephraim. 
the entire assembly of those who had entered from the captivity made booths and lived in them. The sons of Israel had indeed not done so from the days of Joshua, the sons of Nun, to that day. And they were rejoicing. He read from the book of the law of God daily and from the first day to the last. And they celebrated the feast seven days. And on the eighth day, there was a solemn assembly according to the ordinances. Notice that he read from the book of the law daily. Why were the people weeping? Because up to this point, the book of the law had not been read to them daily, had not been explained to them, not only read, it says explained to them. Those who could understand, I don't know if that means it was more those that were of the um, youth that were older and adults excluding the kids, or there was people that just were <laughs> mentally challenged, couldn't understand. I don't know what they mean by that, but in this case, they were um, building the temple. It's really interesting to me, and I haven't done this research. Uh, feel free to do it <laughs> for me, of why Ezra came many years, actually, before Nehemiah shows up, uh, if I remember. Not that many years, but a few years before Nehemiah. And he's to instruct the people as they're building the temple. And why had not all this started much earlier? Uh, why did it take Nehemiah? It's interesting. Did they not have the full copy of the law of God? And did the n priests not know? I mean, they're, the first chapter there, we see in 7 that they're, they're establishing which priests could minister. And these priests didn't know about the Feast of Booths. They weren't already training the people or insisting. Where was Ezra and Zerubbabel and all this? This is... This is why studying the Bible is so interesting, and it's never-ending, because you can chase us things down, and you find out some interesting facts. Obviously, the copies of the law were few and far between, because they had not celebrated the Feast of Booths since Joshua. I mean, we're talking a long, long time here, that they had hundreds of years not been celebrating this, and now they find it. They find the book of the law, and they find the genealogies. Yeah, these genealogies are super important because you have to be of the priestly class. You've got to be able to prove that you're of the line of Aaron. And this is really interesting what they're doing today because some Bible scholars said there's no way they could ever, even if they build a temple, ever offer sacrifice because in the modern times because how do you know if you have the line of Aaron? Well, that was up until modern science, and I am even guessing or I'm theorizing that Israeli scientists had a lot to do with this. They find a ton of stuff out by DNA right now. DNA can do a whole bunch right now. They, they, they think that they can identify the line of Aaron somehow, I don't know, through their DNA. So they feel like they have a priestly class already set up. They feel like they've already been able to identify the priestly class and they're training them up right now. If you didn't know, they're already training them. They're already doing sacrifices. They're already, um, they already have the priestly garments. They're already taking the, the goats or the lambs, and they're already at Passover, taking them outside the city, and they have their altars and actually doing the sacrifices in anticipation of being able to do it at the temple. Rather fascinating. Well, here they are repentant. They're coming back, and they're saying, now we want to do it right. And so they're going back to the beginning. 
back to what Moses said. They were weeping because they realized they didn't do any. They weren't doing anything that they should have been doing. They were convicted under the law. When the law, I should say, when the Bible is read and it exposes your sin, there's not much else you can do but just fall down on your face and ask God for forgiveness is what they were doing. But they were saying, hey, in that time they were saying, no. But now understand God has poured out his grace on us. He's allowing us to come into the land and now worship again. So we need to do that. We need to use this time to celebrate the presence of our God again amongst us. And this is a glorious thing. And that's why we celebrate all the time. And what a glorious time to celebrate during Christmas. Revelation 19, of course, Emmanuel, God with us. So that's just the tie-in. That's why we have great celebration time at Christmas. After these things, I heard something like a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God because his judgments are true and righteous. For he has judged the great harlot who is corrupting the earth with her immorality and he has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. And a second time they said, Hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen, hallelujah. And a voice came from the throne saying, Give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, you who fear him, small and great. Then I heard something like a voice of a great multitude, like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of many pearls of thunder saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his bride has made herself ready. And it was given to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said to me, Do not do that, for I am a fellow servant of yours and your brethren, who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him, which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress on the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw the angel standing in the sun. And he cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds which fly in mid-heaven, Come, assemble for the great supper of the Lord, that you might eat 
the flesh of the kings and the flesh of the commanders and the flesh of the almighty men, the flesh of the horses and those who sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves and small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Verse 20, and the beast was seized and with him the false prophet, who performed the signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Then those two were thrown alive into the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. And you've Gotta know symbolically the rest that were killed with the sword proceeds out of the mouth of our King of Kings and Lord of Lords Jesus was most likely something that he spoke like God at the burning bush. I am. That's all it would take. <laughs> when the when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus in the garden, <laughs> are you the Jesus of Nazareth? I am. And they all just, boom, they're down. They're instantly slain. In that case, not to death. But you can understand the power of Jesus as the living word of God. This is why it is portrayed as a sword coming from his mouth. There is no greater power in the universe. In the beginning was the word. The word was, was with God. And the word was God. This is, this is what it, it is. There is truth and there is power in the name of Jesus. Maybe, maybe he just spoke his name. Who knows? Um, but what we understand is this is the final victory at the end of the tribulation, the battle of Armageddon, which is being waged, the world coming against Jesus thinking that he's the Antichrist, thinking that he is the devil, and they're coming to destroy him with their Christ, with their risen one, which they believe that he was the one that rose from the dead. He's the one that has all power on the earth and has made everything right. The whole Babylonian system of economy, and he has brought in balance. And, of course, we see that in that there was probably, that you have this dictatorial global domination of of all military and all commerce all culminating into one central government and one central power and one central man and one central religion and so it's not hard to see how close we are with everything that's going on right now how the world is prepping to be ready to hand over everything to this man all control the, you see how the <laughs> the World Health Organization is is now con getting global power to tell the entire world what to do. All we got to do is come up with some disease, and we can now have power over the entire world to shut down entire economies, shut down airports, shut down everything, and then we bring together on the UN, and then we hand over the power over to the one central command for the benefit of humanity, and here we are, we're there. I mean, we're just footsteps away 
from the Antichrist coming on the scene and saying, now, I'll thank you very much. It's all set up. I'll take over. And not only that, I'll outlaw anything that has to do with Jesus Christ because he's the bad guy. So it's going to be interesting by the time we get to this chapter, even as we study chapter by chapter and week by week, the book of, of Revelation, <laughs> it's going to be quite a few weeks away. But by then, I can only anticipate there's going to be a whole lot more that will have happened on the global scene to lead us there. I just picked up this morning that that uh, something I didn't know. There's a possibility, if it's going to be if it confirmed, that there's 280 million Chinese with COVID again, and they're dropping like flies. Check it out. I just heard it from a reliable news source on the internet. Nothing of the main channels, of course. I, I go to what I feel reliable people, and if that's true. And now Bill Gates and other people are saying, whoop, there comes another pandemic. What does that mean? More control being handed over to one central government? Here we go. I don't know. Charles Spurgeon, his kindness and covenant. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. But the kindness of the Lord shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. Isaiah 54.10. One of the most delightful qualities of divine love is its abiding character. The pillars of the earth may be removed out of their places, but the kindness and the covenant of our merciful Jehovah never depart from his people. How happy my soul feels in a firm belief of this. The year is almost over. And the years of my life are growing few. But time does not change, my Lord. New lamps are taking place of the old. Perpetual change is on all things. But our Lord is the same. Force over turns the hills. But no conceivable power can affect the eternal God. Nothing in the past, the present, or the future can cause Jehovah to be unkind to me, my soul, Rest in the eternal kindness of the Lord, who treats thee as one near of kin. Remember also the everlasting covenant. God is ever mindful of it, of it. See that thou art mindful of it too. In Christ Jesus, the glorious God has pledged himself to thee to be thy God, to hold thee as one of his people. Kindness and covenant dwell on these words as sure as lasting things which eternity itself shall not take from thee. So no matter what we're going through in the world, we know the one who can move mountains and hills holds us, and we are secure in his arms. And when he comes back, the mountains are going to move, and the islands are going to flow away. And the reason being is he's going to make all things new. He's going to bring in a whole new system and a whole new landscape. And everything's going to start over again. And so we rest in him, in his power, and his, his strength, and his security, holding him as we celebrate together the end of the year. And we will thank him for it and praise him that even though the times are crazy, our God's not crazy, and we have an understanding of what is happening so we know how to walk in it, we know how to stand and let our God then 
take on those around the world. He's the one that will do the battle. He is the one that's doing the battling now. So let's continue to look to him and praise him during these times. So that being said, thank you guys. Let's let's spend a little bit of time praising him and thanking him for what we do have. Father God, thank you for this time that we have with you, for blessing us and allowing us to come into your presence, to be with you, God, and to spend the rest of this year with you, knowing that you are all-powerful and that we can trust you. We can put our situations in your hands, our future, even the things going on in the government. We know you have control over these things, so we do rest in that. We rest securely in you. And we look forward to the things you want to do in this new year through us as you see fit to use us. May you continue to grow us up in your word. So, God, we praise you and we thank you. We do want to remember our missionary brother that's in Mozambique in prison, God, with MAF, the pilot, that I can't imagine being separated from his family for Christmas. And, God, we just pray that you would work through MAF and the American consulate and the people in government officials to quickly resolve this situation and free him because he is a righteous man and he has done nothing wrong at all. So thank you for that. And so we want to want to praise you for him. We, we do want to think of other people that are suffering unjustly and in prison unfairly. Hopefully there's no more pastors in Canada in jail for standing up. I don't know, but there have been. There have been other pastors who have been in jail somewhat recently just for their faith. And so we want to pray for them that you help them get out of jail quickly, whatever is them and done unjustly. So we want to ask that you then prepare all of our churches for this next year to raise pastors up that are teaching and preaching your word in strength and that we not acquiesce and bow to the cultural norms and try and bend the church and the church services and the teaching out of the Bible to appease the people of the world, but that we teach the truth in love and let people be blessed and come into your kingdom. That is our mandate, and we thank you for it. So thank you for them, and we do pray for so many people are going through difficulties right now, and people in hospitals that need your touch that are healing, so we do thank you for the healing of Juan Carlos in, in there in Mexico. We thank you for Eileen. Thank you that she's getting better, as far as I know, and also different people that have uh, that have had some issues with broken bones and different things as well. They also trying to think of some people that have gone through some surgeries. We do have a, a lady called Marcella, who is due in six weeks to have a baby, but her blood pressure is high, and she's in the hospital under care. So we want to pray pray for her that she feels much better quickly. And we want to pray for Darren and pray that God, he he has been going through a lot right now. We want to pray that you strengthen him, God, and get him just firmly planted as he's just struggling. It's so hard to be in the timeshare world and deal with all that he deals with, God. So I want to pray that you give him that time off work, free him up on Sundays to come to church so that he can come uh, as well. I pray for Jessica's husband, the same thing, that he can come to church as well, that you free them up. I want to pray for Abigail, who is uh, Dean and Kim's daughter, who's really, really um, sick, 
because of a virus infection and some other things going on in her body who has just really taken a turn for the worse. And so we want to pray that you would heal her and, and the whole family that's been dealing with Lyme disease and different things as well. So pray for everyone that's had surgery recently and that are healing during this time of Christmas, which is not fun, but we do thank you that you are doing amazing things through the doctors. So we thank you for that and pray continue to heal Kevin and his lungs that they just get super good really quick. And whoever else is, is got issues, just bless them, God. So thank you for this morning. Thank you for what you're doing. And we look forward to what you're going to continue to do through us the rest of this year as we look forward to the new year. In Jesus' name, amen. So thank you guys. Thank you guys again. And no church tomorrow night, just so you guys remember that it will not be live. So we look forward to seeing you here and look forward to hopefully you guys can spend time together fellowshipping and spending time with family, inviting family to join us for this next year. Maybe you guys have Christian radio stations at your churches up there in the north. So if you want to put on a little promo to invite people to read the word with us, go for it. As you saw, the people did not get to the point of repentance and understanding what they were doing in their lives, even though they were building the temple, even though they were working for God, until they heard that God read to them daily and explained. This is why I think it's an amazing thing that we're doing and why we should let other people in on it. So God bless you. And we will see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.